Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to episode eight of God Hates Jags. Uh, we're going to have some fun tonight. Sean here. I got my guys, Patrick and Shimmer. Do you guys know who's coming on tonight? Did I tell you? No, what? What? We're getting someone on? <laughs> that was wonderful acting, Patrick. Uh, oh, yeah, so we, are, we have our second guest on with the pod tonight. We're going to bring him on in just a little bit. Uh, you guys know and love him. You hear him every day on the radio. We're going to have Austin Lane with us here. Are you guys excited to hang out with Austin? Hell yeah, the Lane train. I'm excited. Uh, he's, he's led an interesting life, so we're going to find out about it. Yeah, we're going to play some games with him, give him some trivia, get some of his uh, feedback on his NFL career and his current MMA career. Maybe ask some Brent Martineau questions, see what that's all about. He works with him every single day. Uh, but yeah, so that's what the on. people want to hear. Oh, yeah. Just nonstop Brent Martineau questions. <laughs> yes. We can't talk about talking shit. Like, I can't immediately talk shit on his coworker. Like, Brent, you're. I, yeah, let's not. I listen to it every day. I tweet him every day. He usually can't say our podcast name on the, uh, on the air, which I don't know. We might have to, like, we might have to revisit the podcast name, guys. It might be like a. You know, if we're trying to get popular or if we're trying to just be the bad boys of the podcast world. We'll so, review it after the season. Yeah, we'll see how God Hates Jack goes over with everybody. We'll yeah, get Austin's we're about opinion. 40 we episodes in. Yet, so it's not like it's a... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was, yeah, JP, he, really he was down fine. for it, so... Back to the name at this point, so I feel like we could literally change it every week. It really wouldn't matter. It's true. <laughs> Let's we're do gonna, that. I'm going to... I feel like... Uh, you know, we got to do better, like, job advertising. Like, you know, so everybody listening, pause real quick. Head over to Twitter, at God Hates Jags Pod. Go follow us. Retweet us. Uh, should I make, like, a G- – I can make a Gmail for us, guys. All right, next episode, we'll have a Gmail. Ooh. We got to start expanding our base more, so. Tell your friends. In that account, though, I've got to feel. Do what? There's going to be some weird-ass emails. Sent oh, out. yeah. I, I, I promise by next episode I'll get an email for us, and I'll, we'll announce it then. And anybody listening, we have like a – what's up? Oh, he's drinking beer. Whatever, Shimmer. Yeah, <laughs> next episode, I want to start getting some weird-ass emails from you guys. Uh, right. But, yeah, guys, I got I to gotta rewind because I feel like I haven't been excited enough because we are first place in the AFC South. We're tied for first place – in the AFC, we're tied for first place in the NFL right now. How are you guys feeling? Uh, unexpected, but excited. I was very excited to beat Philip Rivers. I'm just going to get that yes. out of the way real quick. Small tidbit factoid, he is now 7-3 to three against us before the only two times we beat him was 2007 and 2017. Both times we went to the playoffs. So it's early in the year, but just throwing that out. End of the day right there. Uh, hmm. uh, did anyone else just like immediately fall in love with, with our team? Uh, oh, they are like all offseason was doom and gloom. The sky's falling, Fournette and Ramsey and Jan and all that stuff. But like, obviously we're one to know. So, you know, next week we could get blown out by the Titans and everything changes. But right now it feels like, Hell yeah, we got all those like cancerous personalities off the team. Now we got Andrew Wingard getting interceptions, and we got Chenault LaVisca or uh, LaVisca Chenault like catching touchdowns. I have so, a, I have one uh, small beef. If what's that? Uh, LaVisca does not drop that one catch, yeah. perfect on the deck. Perfect. Right. So, yeah, I got 
couple of general stats for the game. Yeah, our Minshew, he was 19 of 20. And like you said, his one incompletion wasn't even a bad throw. It was just Chenault dropped it, which he's a rookie on his first catch. Like, you know, it's going to happen. But the man was perfect. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, his biggest thing last year was fumbling. Absolutely no fumbles. So, and like, I don't know. I watched some of the replays. Like some of them, I think it was the Cole touchdown. One of them, uh, Tyler Eifert was also just running free. He could have had an even easier touchdown. So one weekend, mm. Jay Gruden is the best offensive coordinator we've had in 20 years. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. They had 241 yards of total offense. So hey, uh, hey, hey! Don't blame our defense good. for getting those crucial turnovers, setting us up in the in the you know in the red zone. That's not yeah. Blame our offense for having a great defense. I would say the our offense really <laughs> took advantage of the the opportunities that our defense gave us. But I was I was kind of staggered by this stat I heard that we had 44 offensive snaps. We won the game. We had 44 offensive snaps. Like the average team has 75 to 85, if not <laughs> 90 offensive plays. And we still won the game. It was like looking at the stats, and I, I don't know what stats you have in front of you, Sean, but so 44 offensive snaps. The Colts had, I think, 440 yards or oh, their yeah, total was, offense. Mm-hmm. 445 they had yards. 445 yards. They, had, they didn't punt once. And we still won the game. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm spinning it as a positive. It's one of those, like, you know, if you can win in those bad environments, you know, and things aren't going perfect for you, like, if you can that, – that's like, you know, when your team has, like, character, when it has perseverance. If you can, like, overcome that stuff, like, that's a hell of a good – I mean, I guess, you know, blowing out your opponent's the ideal situation. But if you can be down constantly, you know, be down going into the second half and, you know – not force a punt and we didn't you know get a sack but if you can still get the win like that's huge especially in the division for week one sack. uh miles jack had the, the lone sack it's yeah oh yeah i feel like because i kept seeing we did and didn't have a sack i think because that was on uh jacoby brissett brissett when they brought him in on that fourth down play and yeah, what was yeah. that about I, I think Frank Reich immediately said he regrets that play <laughs> so yeah so we weren't able to get uh that Rivers was a down. terrible play call yeah, it was really bad. So, because honestly, I, that that play was the that that was the game right there. Because the Colts were it was fourteen to zero when the Colts went for it on fourth down, and if they would have if they would have picked up the first down, I think they were fourth and goal, so they probably would have scored. That would have changed that game. So that that was the game changer, I think. And that was in like what the second quarter. Yeah, the percent thing. I think that was the second half. But yeah, the the fourth and one like right at the goal line that that was like I think it was like a handoff to Marlon Mack and okay, uh, yeah. Avery Jones absolutely just pancaked that man into nothingness stops on um on fourth down or goal line stops it felt like in the game so um but yeah I don't think they had a single stop on third down and they somehow came away with a win I don't think that's like a sustainable model for the defense <laughs> but uh you know they're undefeated and could still go 16 and 0. So it's I'm, a great day it's, to be a Jaguar. Therefore, a great day for the world. You know? Yeah. We, uh, you know, the, so the Colts scored 20, 20 points. 20 17 points. came in the first half. So the second half, we only gave up a field goal. We had a turnover, you know, for a team that were the youngest team in the league. 
uh, you know, all teams are equal that they didn't have training camp that much and no preseason, all that. But for the youngest team, we have what we had 16 rookies make the, uh, you know, the team like that's pretty good defense, like starting a little sloppy, but they tightened and it up come the second a half. A lot so. of rookies make contribution. I mean, oh. the game was a rookie. CJ yeah. was the player of the game. Yeah. CJ uh, Henderson got a lot of shit when we drafted him during training camp, his like tweets and being sleepy. He, he had a lot of like, you know, not positive stuff, but then he came in and he was our best defensive player that day. He really shut down TY it felt like, uh, but part of me thinks that could be because Philip Rivers and GY Hilton don't really have that sort of connection yet because they don't have the reps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the optimistic view, CJ <laughs> uh, Henderson just dominated yeah. him. So let's go with that. I, I will fully be on the, the CJ Hendo train with you guys. Yeah. Uh, I've been making memes for him. Uh, I, I voted for him like a thousand times. He's a uh, like defensive rookie of the week. You can vote on NFL.com thing. So I, and you can vote as many times as you want. So like, I'll be watching a movie and I just hit like vote, send, refresh. And I just kind of like get my thumb patterns <laughs> going and I can just do it while I'm watching TV. So nice. I'm voting for CJ. Hopefully he gets in um, on special teams. Uh, Lambo, I saw stat that he's perfect at home. Like that's just crazy. Uh, Six out of 46, I think. Yeah. On Sunday, he kicked a 46 yarder and a 50 yarder. The, I think the 50-yarder is when Gardner took that one really bad sack, but it's kind of that mentality where it doesn't matter. Like, Lambeau's just going to kick it. So, best kicker in the league, in my opinion. Justin Tucker, cool and all, but their offense is better. Like, it's harder for Lambeau to be that, as good as he is, I think. Uh, just so you're aware, I heard this on the radio. Lambeau is third all-time and career kicking percentage it's like 89 point something or 88 point something percent number two is harrison butker harrison <laughs> butker yeah that's the chiefs right chiefs uh and obviously you named him number one oh the only one ever currently over 90 percent justin tucker but he's so good something super valuable um about having that guy right and somehow the jags always can sort of find a kicker that can just be on your squad and be reliable for 10 years. I mean, they had Mike Hollis, then they had Scobie, and now they've got Lambeau. But yeah. like, they can't we skip ever over Jason Meyer. End. You know, yeah. they get a kicker, but they never <laughs> find a tight end for some reason. Yeah, we're getting there. We, yeah, know. speaking of tight ends, and you said Tyler Eifert was wide open on that one play. Did he have any catches? Oh, Patrick went robot mode on us. I didn't, uh, nothing jumped out. Mm, mm, mm. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Are you saying that okay. Eifert didn't jump out at you? I was saying, did Eifert have any catches in the game, or did I overlook? Uh, yeah, yeah, he had one catch. Um, I, I would say like honestly had one. Yeah, so oh, so I can see. I'm more surprised because you know he already had the rapport with Minshew from last year. Like I can only assume early in the season, like Cole and Chark, you know, the guys that were on the team last year, are going to get some more looks just because you know Minshew's more comfortable with them. But I watched some of, like, Jeff Logman breakdown stuff. Like, Eifert definitely seemed to be, like, helping in the run game, you know, getting in on blocks. And any game he stays healthy, I, I think, is a victory. So, you know, he got out of the game healthy. I think that's a good day for Eifert for now. Like, let's count I think that's – I mean, if you're expecting more out of Eifert besides being a role-playing tight end, I mean, I don't think he's at that point in his career. If he's making an impact on these plays 
blocking or drawing coverage. That's what he's there for, in my opinion. I'm not expecting him to be uh, a, a great, you know, put up stats tight end. He needs to be there, kind of be a veteran. Uh, he's been with Jay Gruden before. Teach everyone else how Jay Gruden wants his plays ran. That's what he's there for. So I'll take that. I mean, honestly, again, only one weekend. I'm not trying to get too high on the team, restraining myself. But, like, DJ Chark, Cole, O'Shaughnessy, who isn't amazing, but, you know, he's good with Minshew from, you know, last year. LaVisca, Eifert. Like, we got some weapons, it feels like. So, Minshew completed uh, passes to 10 different receivers. Yeah. Or so, in the game, which is it's crazy. The definition of spreading the ball. I, uh, a couple things uh, about Min- Minshew got sacked four times. And honestly, it would have been more if he wasn't so adept at sort of picking up a couple yards by running. Um, that would equate to about 64 sacks uh, at the end of the season. <laughs> That's not good. Let's avoid that. that. Not good. Um, he has a tendency of sometimes still, and I knew this last, to hold on just a little too long, but he's just so smart with his decision-making when he actually gets rid of the ball and throws it. But um, the only thing I would like to see them do a little bit more is go deep. I feel like I don't think I saw a single pass travel farther than 15 yards. That might have just been sort of how the game script went, right? But um, – you know, eventually, if every pass is within 20 yards, the defense will key in on it, and it's going to mm-hmm. affect them. So I'd like to see them go over the top a little um, more against the Titans, especially. But, um, I mean, you can't he, – he's, he's amazing. <laughs> it's so much fun to watch Minshew and root for Minshew. Fuck Trevor Lawrence. I'm all uh, – Yes, welcome, welcome. Uh, <laughs> now we're all – He's the – it is there, there's a different sort of sense around him now that he's the man. There's an unquestioned leader in the locker room, it feels like. And it took one game uh, that they probably should not have won, but I'm excited because still I have no expectations for them to make the playoffs. Yeah. It's... They're in every game. At least I will be entertained on Sunday. And there's no one shitting on Jacksonville in the locker room anymore. They all want to be here. And it's awesome to root for him. I think what we have now with Jake Rudin is an offensive coordinator that is not only calling the game to win it, but is setting up for the rest of the year. So if I'm looking too far into it, let me know. But there was no tape on on the Jags team for this year, no preseason, anything like that. I think maybe what he might have been doing is – kind of putting the tape out there with the manageable game script that let's throw these 10, 15, 20 yards passes and then maybe make a defense think that that's what we're going to do. And the next game we'll flip it and we'll do something else. And what we also did, which is uh, something I like, we put LaVisca in on a wildcat. Do you guys remember that play? I like that a lot. It was beautiful it, to see. Yeah, It wasn't <laughs> a huge play. I think he picked up four, five, six yards, but what that's doing is next time he even comes behind the line because we have that on tape and because, you know, that's kind of his skill set for the rest of the year, that's kind of a play we have in our pocket that like the defense is going to have to prepare for. We already put it on tape. They have nothing else to go by except what we did in our first game. So um, I like whether it's 
setting it up for the rest of the year or not, what we're, what we look like we're going to do with LaVisca is, you know, move him around, which is what we heard. But I like the, I like the creativity in our, uh, our offensive game plan, the potential for it, at least. Basically, any creativity looks like the Mona Lisa for the Jacks. <laughs> like, you know, we've seen so little creativity. <laughs> I can literally uh, name the one creative play last year with Filippo as our coordinator, the Broncos game, when Minshew kind of did, like, the double fake handoff, and then he threw the touchdown to O'Shaughnessy, if you remember that touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the one creative play I remember from last year. And we already had, you know, a couple last week, so I'm a fan of that. So to keep track of our record of when we did our predictions in like the second episode of the schedule, I just want to say, Shimmer, that Patrick and I got it right of a Jags victory. You called a Colts victory, so you are, you're dead last right now. Oh, I didn't and, realize this was a competition. Yeah, I just decided to go back and listen, and we'll, we'll nice. kind of keep track. Uh, we're, competitions, I listened to uh, last episode, and right before Patrick supposedly won the game, Sean says, well – Patrick can't win, but we might as well do the last question. And then somehow Patrick got three points to take the win. So Dude, that I was just Patrick, a Jay Gruden play. I was, it was a trick play. Patrick has still never won a game. That's oh, <laughs> sorry, Patrick. Debatable. It was an unexpected win, like like yeah. the Jags. Yeah, it was that, that miracle. You didn't think they were going to pull it off, but they're going to do it. Patrick did call – uh, we didn't get like super detailed when we made, made all of our, you know, our uh, guesses for the, uh, the schedule. But Patrick did guess 300 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, so he got three touchdowns, right? So good job, Patrick, on that. I'm an oracle. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to get Austin on in a minute, but we're going to kind of – what's up? We haven't talked about my boy Jumpin' James Robinson. Oh, yeah. All right. So we're going to get to the a little Titans just for a second. Jumpin' but, James yeah. Robinson. Oh, my God. Dude, him. James really Robinson. Good. It's already like, okay, Fournette who? Fournette had – It took me one drive where I went, he's better. He's yeah, better than yeah. <laughs> Like, he literally can, you know, just vision. Just can you see where no, to run? Just, he, he doesn't do that thing that Fournette does where he's like, there's a whole he he doesn't dance around the hole he's one cut and go and then every time he he gets tackled he falls forward for an extra yard or two i mean he's i get it now like he is in that one game showed me as much like fournette had these occasional games where he was just on a roll would break one deep and but a lot of the time he was such a frustrating player to watch because he's so uber talented but it seemed like he wasn't getting the production that his talent should get. And I think honestly, if you can have this guy who's clearly not a headache and is playing on an undrafted rookie salary for the next year or two and get the same production. uh, If not more, if not more, although he was much better in the first half, it seemed like they sort of keyed in or him in the second half, but jumping James, let's go. I like it. I'm a highly a fan because I think he like he ended with like 90 total yards of offense I think 62 were rushing the first half he was 6.8 yards a carry which is phenomenal and then he ended the game at 3.9 which is like just kind of you know if you can get four that's you know pretty good de- you know decent and all that so they definitely like zeroed in on him in the second half but then he had that swing pass that went for like 30 yards or whatever and he mm-hmm. you know did the jump so I will take that. Like Fournette basically was like two to three yards. 
And then in the fourth quarter, he would bust like a 70 yard run sometimes. I would rather have the like consistent five to six yards. And, you know, I can only imagine he's going to get more comfortable. Jay Gruden will get him more involved, you know, a little bit more exotic stuff going on. So I'm a A plus fan of James Robinson after one week. Yeah, I'm on board with it. He, he looks like he does have the vision and kind of wait for the hole to open up and then he hits it. But I think even still, there's not, there's not a hesitation between when he gets the ball and when he starts going forward. Like a lot of running backs, you know, when they are, when they're the kind of running back that looks for the hole, which is a good thing. You can be patient, wait for the hole to open up. They kind of stutter step and then hit it. It's he gets the ball and then goes forward. And we discussed uh, last week how he's not a super fast guy, but maybe he'll be quick and agile and I mean it seems like he is because he's got those quick cuts and um, you know the acceleration is there but it's not he's not going to hit that high speed but he starts off on fire and then gets going one one point he literally ran out of his shoe his (laughs) shoe came off while he was running and they had to stop before he put it back on for the next play so I mean that's a good sign I I do regret uh, with our fantasy league I ended up losing to our other friend in the league by 0.38. And it was because I had James Conner in my flex and he like got injured in the first quarter and he gave me 2.7 points. So if Conner caught one pass or got three yards, I would have won. And James Robinson on my bench got me like almost 10 points. So you made, I mean, everyone would have made the same decision. I know, but never again, never again. James Robinson is going into the flex. I'm one to know in that league. Are you? You want to know? Yeah. I played uh, the guy who drafted Gardner Minshew first round. So, but I'm still uh, yeah. Up. Hey, get through it. I mean, that was some good points. Patrick, did you win? Patrick's frozen again. Uh, Patrick's. Or he's very deep in thought. <laughs> he's really thinking about his fantasy team. Oh, he's back. He doesn't know. Oh, there he is. I lost fantasy. Oh, okay. Uh, what and know. All right, I'll take that. Y'all yeah. can predict the Jaguar game. I'll just win your money. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm I mean, the classic, like... No one is betting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. What? Well. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, we're going to get to Titans in a little bit, but I, I don't want to prolong anymore. Do you guys want to get Austin in here? Why not? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right, so we're going to get the pain train man himself. I don't know if that's his nickname. I'll cut that out if he doesn't want me to call him that. But, uh, yeah, so let's bring on Austin Lane, guys. All right, guys, we have our second guest. Very excited for this man. You can hear him every day from 3 to 6 on ESPN Jacks. Uh, I think, what do they say? It's the former Jag star and current MMA star. I think that's verbatim what they say. We have Mr. Austin Lane with us. Austin, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. The, the introduction was fantastic. I appreciate it. Uh, I apologize to all your fan base out there that you guys had J.P. Sadrick starting out very strong, and now you have me where it's kind of like, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, I'm so honored to be on the podcast. We, yeah. I, if I had, you know, if I had known you'd want to come in on the first, I would have, you know, gotten to you earlier. But I was oh, trying to. You know what? Hey, man, I'm, I'm not trying to be anybody's first. I'm not trying to be anybody's last. Hey, there, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> yeah, keep it right in the middle. You don't yeah. want to be too, too, not too memorable or not too forgettable. Just right in there. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah. So we were just kind of wrapping up this past week. Like, you know, you're on air every day with Brent. So you guys get to like, really, I feel break it down more on realistic terms. 
yeah. you know, me and the guys, we only come in, you know, we have our jobs and everything. We come in once a week to shoot the shit. So I just go full optimistic the whole time because I don't have, I'm, you know, if I was on air every day, I could keep it more realistic, I feel. But uh, of the three of us, I'm the optimistic one. So we were just talking how great that last game was, how much, you know, I already called a victory over the Titans. Uh, do you have a, do you have a, what's your prediction? So, yeah, I mean, obviously week one against the Colts, um, I didn't see it coming. Uh, my co-host did. I guess you guys would be like best of friends. You, I guess he can send you like a membership to the Sunshine and Rainbows Club because hey. it's all about <laughs> that life. Uh, me, I'm more of a realist, you know, so I had the Colts winning that game and obviously I was proven wrong and, and props to the Jaguars for doing that. I think that this game in Tennessee, it's going to be very telling for a couple of reasons. Um, you're going to find out just how young of a team you truly have, right? Because they have the youngest roster in the NFL, but are they more mature beyond their years? And in order to find that out, you have to find out just how physical this team can be. Because when you play the Tennessee Titans, you have to bring your lunch pail. You have to bring two chin straps. It's going to be a physical type of game. So it's going to test the Jaguars not only mentally, obviously, but also physically as well. Ooh, this man sounds like he's getting paid to be on here. Yeah, right? I, love, I like that. <laughs> that good Sorry, breakdown. Yeah, we can, uh, we'll owe you a couple beers after. Hey, I offered him beer. He... Whenever people are allowed like I told, to get, uh, yeah. Like I told you guys in the DMs, man, I'm happy to help any way I can. So it's all good. We love it. The uh, the Jags had some new initiative today, the Duval Together flag, trying to bring. Yeah, so that's just what we're doing here. Just more fans getting with other fans, you know. Some of the fans might have a little bit more notoriety on the radio and all that, but just a man amongst the people. You know what, man? If if you have a Twitter account, if you have a if you have a, a podcast platform, that's something, man. All, all it takes is one right person to hear it, and all of a sudden you're like the next big thing. So we're trying. I'm here and for it. Not to take too much credit, but like some of the podcast people out there, like you know, they're all like Shimmer, Patrick. None of them do social media at all. It's literally just me hustling. Oh. Yeah, I'm like 24 seven trying to come up with like something witty to say and some kind of meme. Before all the other podcasts come up with it, everyone else I feel like is on Twitter. It's just me yeah. out of the three yeah. of us. So Sean is doing all the legwork. I literally I'm, I'm trying. Was, I was finishing my mac and cheese as he sent me the text to go on. So <laughs> well, Sean, here's the thing, dude. Like when you guys make it big, then obviously you have to be like the Mark Zuckerberg and cut these other guys out. No offense to the other dudes. Oh you know, man, get out of here! Wow. If you're doing all the work right now, you have to reap all the benefits as well. Yeah. Justin Timberlake, get out of here. Andrew Garfield, get out of here. This is the Zuck show. His, It'll his, never be the same. Like it's 50% already. Me and Patrick just get 25. So I think oh, he's yeah. got a good – you know, yeah. he has to earn that extra 20. <laughs> but I give half of mine to my wife for knowing how to actually use Zoom and editing material. So, but, you know, it's – yeah. All right. Uh, awesome. Before we kind of get into, you know, knowing you a little bit better, I want to talk about it just for a second because, you know, I feel like we're basically the same age here, some yeah. common interest. You were on the radio yesterday, and my man Brent, I love him, but he seemed like he was on, you know, like skating on ice. He didn't know what you were talking about. Uh, the big <laughs> PS5 reveal. I was listening. I was like, oh, man, my man, he's excited here. Are yeah. you like a, are you a PS5? Are you a PS over Xbox guy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's funny because, like, when – Kuz and I, our producer Kuz, he's a big gamer as well. So, like, when we talk video games, like, Brent's in his own little world. But, like, I do that every single day when Brent talks golf. So, like, today, like, Brent was breaking down <laughs> USA championship. And, like, I guess Tiger did really bad. So, he had, like, a 10-minute on that. 
I was, dude, I was literally just in my own little world, just chilling, trying to throw some quips here and there. But in terms of gaming, yeah, man, obviously I watched the, P, uh, the PS5 reveal, saw some of the video games, Final Fantasy 16 coming out. I like me some of that. The mm. new Spider-Man, Miles Morales, how can you not like that as well? My son is like super amped up about that one. So yeah, I mean, I'm team PS5. Um, I don't hate on Xbox. Like, I mean, to each, I mean, everyone gets the game on a different way. Mm. Uh, I'm not one of those like diehard guys where you gotta stick to Xbox or PS, it's whatever. But I, I'm super excited for Final Fantasy 16. Nice. Would you say that was like your your number one out of all the trailers yesterday? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think the I enjoyed the Spider Man with Miles Morales just because it was a lot of gameplay, and obviously the gameplay looked absolutely insane. So I'll probably check that one out as well. But you got to remember, man, like I've I have a five year old, I'm married, so like my <laughs> days of gaming, like hardcore, uh, you know, those days are gone. So every once in a while, like I'll get on Call of Duty, we'll get on some Warzone play a couple hours but i mean those, those moments are few and far between but my son and i actually completed uh we played death stranding you know what death stranding is oh yeah i didn't play but like the yeah. horror survival type game yeah yeah so yeah, you want to play a game that preps you for like isolation and like the whole pandemic like that game oh that. damn yeah, yeah. So, so me and my son actually played that before covid and uh, needless to say, when we completed it, it, took us about 22 hours. We were ready for the <laughs> offer, man, because it's essentially kind of like the same thing. Yeah, isolation, yeah. we got this. Yes, sir. Because yeah. I feel like we're basically the same. I think you were on the radio yesterday. You were saying, like, yeah, you know, with your schedule and all that, like, you like to know more about all the gaming than actually getting to play. And Without I feel like that's – yeah, I love keeping up to date. I love watching the trailers. And then, like, my friend will text me, like, oh, like – how are you doing in this game? I'm like, I don't, I, I don't, I haven't played it. I just like talking about it, you know? So yeah. definitely right there with you. Cool. All right. So uh, Mr. Lane, we want to get to know you a little bit better. I got some this or that questions for you. Okay. Okay. Just, you know, kind of get a vibe for you. Just, you know, simple kind of just one or the other. Tell me how you're feeling. What, what's your opinion on it? Uh, okay. Kind of like rapid fire. First, just kind of keep it in with the gaming. Growing up, were you more like Nintendo, Sega, or like PlayStation? Man, so <laughs> that's a good question. So um, I had Nintendo growing up. I had, I had like the standard Nintendo. You had to blow in the cartridge like we're talking about. Sometimes it took some, it was like a isopropyl alcohol and a cotton swab. Oh, yeah. a bit. Then you're getting high off the fumes. That was a mess. Um, so I was a Nintendo, but my cousin, he had Sega Genesis. And like Ooh. that, like the shit. So I was more of a Sega guy, even to the point where you guys probably don't even remember this, but there's a, a console when PlayStation and N64 came out, there was a Sega console called Sega Saturn. Mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. Sega Saturn, and much to my chagrin, I think like five months into it, they went on a business and like you know, forfeited. <laughs> so I have like a Sega Saturn still in my room back home in Wisconsin with like 20 games. So I'm definitely a Sega guy. Nice. I think, wasn't that the first, I think that was the first console with discs, right? No, so, so there was a CD and Sega yeah. CD. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, after that, then, yeah, it was a Sega Saturn. All right, so we got I a Sega Man. Saturn too, and I, my brother got the PlayStation 3, and I remember that. They just stopped yeah, making yeah, games, and I was yeah. just stuck with it. So. <laughs> For sure. Like, Sorry. Buying it off you, it's like, all right, well, this is mine now. So I think I remember playing the Sega Saturn at your house at a sleepover, Shimmer. Did you have the Jurassic Park <laughs> game? Uh, it's definitely possible. Dude, that game was okay. hard. My parents' house and dig it out of the closet. That's it. I'm sure. Oh, that game was impossible, man. Yeah, I, I, for sure. I thought you were gonna say we had a sleepover. I thought you were gonna say Austin for like half a second. I was like, where oh, yeah, I remember Austin? Yeah, I know, just old childhood pals. All right, all right. Yeah. Next, this or that? Okay. Hot dogs or hamburgers? 
Ooh. Can it be you a only have one. The other one disappears. I'm giving you cheese. Yeah, I'll, I'll give oh, you yeah, the works on it. Yeah, cheese. Because you go like a chili <laughs> cheese dog, too. But no, no that, I'm, going, I'm going cheeseburgers all day, man. Like, all right. So he's a Sega man. So, yeah. All right. Sega and Sonic man, but he doesn't want the chili dogs to go with the Sonic. No, so he's, no. He's deviating there. That's, all right. That's a good reference, though. That's a good reference, though. That's right. All right. Next one. And you have to answer. HGTV okay. or Food Network? Oh, Food Network all day. He's a food man. All right. Like, I, I suck at cooking and I suck at, like, home and gardening. Mm -hmm. But, like, I find, like, Food Network relaxing. And, the dude, I'll, I'll watch Iron Chef till the wheels fall off. So, uh, yes, Food Network all day. Old school Food Network, uh, Iron Chef, the, uh, uh, the Japanese guy. I forgot his name. He was the best. Japanese dude was Mori number one. Morimoto? Pepper. Yeah. yeah. Morimoto, yeah, is that him? Yeah, you talking about Iron Chef Morimoto, man. That guy goes hard. Yeah. Morimoto. That was the only one I watched. <laughs> it was way weirder and better. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Japanese, English, it lost its, its charm. You needed the Japanese with all the weird overdubs. All right. Next, this or that. Beer or liquor? Ooh. Uh, if it's my go-to, I have to go beer. Uh, I'm from Wisconsin. Obviously, that's what we do there. I have a Miller High Life girl on tattooed on my back. So oh. I'm here. <laughs> Yeah, I would hope. So, uh, but, like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a nice glass of whiskey, but I'm going beer. Yeah. Do you have the any whiskey tattoos? Uh, uh, yeah, the champagne of beers, absolutely. I don't have any whiskey tattoos. Oh, um, well, then it has to be beer. Yeah, because I mean, like, I mean, whiskey, <laughs> you know, like, there's good whiskeys out there, and, and like, I drink a lot of them, but like, to me, like, Miller High Life all day, dude. Let's go. All right, I like it. He's a beer man. Next, this or that, cats or dogs? Oh, dogs. I'm super allergic to cats, and, uh, <laughs> and I've been on record on the radio show saying that. Uh, I would actually kill some cats that were in Brent Martineau's lawn if I ever came over. So, yeah, I'm, not, I'm just kidding. I'm not really going to kill a cat. No, no. But uh, dogs all day. I have a French bulldog named Avid, so nice. I'm definitely a dog person. I but think Brent Martineau has cats? It, he, Brent Martineau had cats that were like, I guess like a cat had a baby or had a bunch of babies, and it was like carrying the cats <laughs> through his yard. And like just even him talking about that made my eyes itch because I'm so allergic. So I, I can't handle cats. I feel like him with cats and you with dogs is like, a, that's a good representation of the show, I feel. Oh, that's I feel show. like that fits. Yeah, that's our, I just dropped the phone, my bad. Uh, yeah, right. that's our show in a nutshell. I mean, like, we, and we talk about this all the time. Like, we have nothing whatsoever in common, it seems like. <laughs> and um, even, and I'll never forget this, this happened like two days ago, and I was talking about my fight. And after the show, he's just like, Dude, hearing you talk about, like, you know, punching someone in the face or getting punched, he's like, I got to be honest with you, Austin. We, like, we live completely different worlds. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's why, we, you know, that's why we're so good. You know, like, it's a little spice to life here. So, but yeah, exactly. we are different people, though. Yeah. 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 If you were the exact, you know, that'd be boring radio. If y'all were just perfect ingredients, exact same backgrounds and all that, it'd be like, yep, I agree. Exactly. Sit around. Dead air. Dead air. Cats and golf all day. I, don't, I couldn't <laughs> listen to that. I'll take the go. I mean, not sorry. I'll take what the cat conversation. Yeah. Oh, fine. All right. Two last this or that. Back okay. in the day, in the in the heat of the battle, were you uh, were you rooting for Blu-ray or HD DVD? <laughs> Who cares? Oh man. What? Everyone has a side. HD. D Wait, was that so Blu-ray? Obviously, I know what Blu-ray is. HD DVD. Oh, you don't remember that? Oh man, what? they were the they were the competitors to Blu-ray. Uh, like how Blu-ray had blue cases, they had red cases. Oh, it was just the competition. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
So I'm going to be honest, man. Like, I definitely had a lot more Blu-rays. But I remember, like, the Blu-ray costing, like, 10 extra bucks. And I remember, like, the very first Blu-ray I ever got was in college. was Talladega Nights. And, like, I spent the 10 extra bucks, you know, to see to, for the exclusive Blu-ray content of Talladega Nights. And I remember I put it in. I'm like, this is the same shit of, of the regular yeah. movie. Like, I don't see anything different. Now, maybe the TV was crappy. Who knows? Mm -hmm. So, I guess... I don't have a side, but I'm anti-Blu-ray. So let's go HD DVD. DVD? I like it. <laughs> HD DVD. Yeah, HD DVD or whatever you call it. <laughs> for the underdogs. All right, final, final this or that. Batman. Michael Keaton, Christian Bale. Mm. Oh. You're putting me on the spot now. <laughs> the um, final one. Yeah, I mean, listen – that's a hard one because I respect Michael Keaton and everything that he's in. And Christian Bale is a hell of an actor as well. I guess I have to go Christian Bale just because I enjoy those Batman movies a little more. Okay. Um, just like, and not, not, this, not to hate on the Michael Keaton ones, man, because like that's – back then those were like the limit. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, with Christopher Nolan and everything directing him, um, I got to go Christian Bale. He's a Christian Bale guy. I respect that. Michael Keaton is my favorite actor of all time. No and shit. apparently they're bringing him back as Batman in some crossover movie of some kind with the Flash. So I'm very excited for that. Be but I will say, no, he won't be. He won't be Bruce Wayne. He's going to end up being the father. So. Father? Oh, yeah. is he going? How many times are they going to die on TV? I need to watch. A comic book book nerd, in in case you're wondering. But yeah, the Flashpoint comic. He's the no, uh, Bruce Wayne dies, and then the father becomes the Batman in this alternate universe. So oh, okay, so he doesn't die. All right, Michael Keaton has it in his contract. He doesn't die in movies. Dude, he's so old that he can play it's Alfred. True. He could play Alfred. He would be a good Alfred. Butler. I was watching oh, No one puts Michael Keaton as a butler, man. Come on now. Yeah, that's true. He's yeah, too good for that. Disrespectful. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. All right. All right. That, thanks for playing some little this or that with us, Austin. No worries. Uh, feels like something maybe we should have done with JP. Sorry, JP. But uh, if we ever have another, <laughs> we have another guest, we got a little opening segment we can do with them. Uh, yeah, so Austin, I want to kind of talk to you, you know, your Jags background and your MMA background. Uh, I did some, some hard-hitting research on you. Uh, okay. Wikipedia. Nice. Yeah, you know, it's where the scholars <laughs> go. Yeah. So. Yeah. If anything's inaccurate, it's, you know, don't blame me. It's Wikipedia. Anyone well, well, can... I'm sure it was probably like my grandma or my mom that wrote up like my entire Wikipedia page. So. I always do think about that. I, we have a friend. Oh, that's cute. Wikipedia page. And that's sure. awesome, right? <laughs> None of us have Wikipedia pages. So. Uh, yeah. no, I mean, literally, I have no idea who like, writes my Wikipedia page. It's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> You're there. It's got, it's got some links, too. I know because anyone need, yeah, can add it. So, like, we have a friend who... Seems like he has too much time on his life. He spent like a month arguing with Wikipedia to get Blake Bortles' name changed to Robbie Blake Bortles because that's his official name. But he got it. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll add after we learn more about you, we can add some more factoids to Wikipedia, and I'll fight like with the, uh, the publishers. Uh, like so what, so you you grew up in Wisconsin. Yeah, so uh, I was born I, in Chicago, and then I moved to uh, Iowa, Wisconsin, when I was like four or five years old. I was so, waiting for you to pronounce that because I didn't know how to pronounce that. Well, say it again. I almost can't give you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't know this. Big uh, ass, small ass town. Yeah, it, I looked it up. There's 1,300 people that live there, and yep. I was looking up your your high school football stats. Uh, so again, according to Wikipedia, your senior year in high school, you had 14 and a half sacks, 
yeah. on offense, you're a wide receiver and you had over 700 yards and like 13 touchdowns. You also like blocked five punts, had four fumble recoveries and had a shit ton of tackles. I feel like in your small town, like, were you just, and you were six foot six, like, were you basically just like Arnold Schwarzenegger just walking around this town? Yeah. Well, 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 needless to say, um, yeah, I was one of the bigger people uh, in that community. Um, We had another kid, actually, his name was Nathan Hintz, and he was 6'6", 350, played defensive tackle and offensive tackle as well. Uh, He was a big kid. Um, Yeah, obviously, when you play in a small town like that, you have to play both ways, right? And having 54 kids in my graduating class, um, yeah, I had to set my game up a little bit uh, to get that starting spot. It's funny, though, because you mentioned, so yeah, I had uh, some pretty good receiving numbers as well. All my accolades came, like my All-State and all that stuff, that came from offense. Like defense, I was okay, but offense is like what I was getting recruited for. And Murray State, where I went to school, I'm kind of getting a little ahead of the story now, but I went oh, to yeah, school for university, and they were the only school to recruit me as a defensive end. Every other school recruited me as a wide receiver slash tight end. What, what made you – what other schools recruited you? Did you get any D1 offers? No, no. So it was my dream to go to the, the play for the Wisconsin Badgers, obviously. Um, the story goes like this. So Barry Alvarez, who was the coach at the time, uh, my senior year, was recruiting me. And I went to, I think, I went on four or five recruiting trips to Wisconsin just because, well, number one, it's free and it's cool. And number two, I wasn't going to a lot of other looks. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go to a free Badger game. Why not? So Barry Alvarez stepped down as head coach, and then Brett Bielma took over. And Bielma wasn't a fan of me for whatever reason. So I would have probably an opportunity to walk on. But, like, walking on in Wisconsin is like 30, 40 grand, which I did not have. The family did not have that. So um, Murray State was my only scholarship offer. Um, I had other offers from D2 schools like Minnesota State, Mankato, Winona State, and it's in Minnesota as well. And it was originally my plan to go to Minnesota State, Mankato, play wide receiver, and then a week before signing date, Murray State called off me a full scholarship, and I was in. And I thought Murray <laughs> State would – York, by the way. So actually, I uh, I signed my letter of intent to go to Murray State, and I thought I was going to New York. Found out it was in Kentucky, and then after I signed, <laughs> I, so after I signed, I finally like actually visited the campus. Like I literally signed my scholarship sight unseen. Didn't know any of the coaches. Didn't know any of the campus. I'm just like, dude, full ride, yes please. Yeah, no, go so. for it. The yeah. racers, right? The racers, absolutely. Yeah. It's basically like getting drafted. You don't know where you're going until you get there. So it's kind of like you got drafted into your college, basically. <laughs> I feel sure. like they had Wikipedia when you were signing, Austin, I think. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> yeah, they had Wikipedia. No, man. Uh, they were looking they, them up. I, did, I figured no, I had No, they had Wikipedia, but, but, hey, but uh, I didn't have a computer. And myself, it wasn't going to do anything. So what do you want me to do? It's just, just word about uh, I mean, that's all you needed to hear, right? Yeah, it's all I needed to hear is full scholarship. We're good to go. Let's do it. Yeah, I, you know, we're, you're one year older than me, but we lived very different lives because me in high school, me up until a year ago, weighed like 125 max. I just, you know, my parents' genetics, you know, metabolism, it didn't matter what I eat. That's what I weigh. I weigh like one, like 60 something now, like in the past two years, I turned 30. I think I just, you know, got for me, (laughs) like quotations, I got fat as far as, you know, my life, I had to buy all new clothes. Like I, I couldn't even imagine. Like one, I would have died. Any sport I would have tried to have played, it wouldn't have happened for me. So that's the things like that was out of my control. There was no, I don't even care if it was is D six a thing. There's D one, D two. Like no one would have offered me anything. So 
But I'm telling you, though, man, like, especially in our small town, I mean, we had guys that were probably smaller than you were that were playing and that were beasts, you know? Like, I mean, I guess that, that's one of the cool playing at a small school like that um, in high school is that if you want to get an opportunity, you'll get an opportunity. Now, whether that goes well for you or not, that's on you. But, like, it's not like these big-ass high schools where it's like if you're not, you know, a five-star prospect, you're probably not going to play. I mean, everyone played in our team, so that was kind of a cool thing to have. I'm going to move to a small town and have a kid and – yeah. Just bulk them up. Listen, yeah, so, so when you have a kid, if you, do you have a kid right now or not? No? No, no, no. I just got married one like day. six months ago. Oh, congratulations. So, yes, yeah, so one day when you have a kid, I'm going to get the information. I will Scandinavia. He's going to be a Thunderbird, man. Yes. Program. <laughs> we will be in touch. I like yeah. that. Uh, you're kind of like defense versus offense. Scholarship kind of brought me something I wanted to talk about. So, one of the biggest things after the game last week that wasn't yeah. necessarily football-related – everyone was going crazy about Colin Johnson's backflip that he did. Uh, yeah. And just, you know, through training camp in general, he got so much hype basically for being six foot six, you know, yeah. big dudes, big red zone target, hopefully has a, you know, a great rookie year, but yeah. you're six foot six, like, you know, in the NFL, like, could you, like, could you be a wide receiver? Could you make that backflip? Like, do you think you oh, could no. have done? Okay. First of all, could I be a wide receiver? Probably not. Could I do a back? <laughs> Hell no. Um, yeah, especially when I play, like my flexibility was absolutely trashed when I played football. Uh, because like, you know, at the time yoga's like, nah, man, I'm not doing yoga. Go, go ahead and put me on a bench press and the squat rack and let me go ahead and add some more muscle and just break down my body a little more for everybody. Like I, I just, I didn't take flexibility serious enough and obviously playing defensive then that's what you have to do. I'm not sure if you guys are, do you guys watch the combine NFL combine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as much as I can. So something that they've never shown but we all had to go through and I'm not sure they still do it to this day or not. So something that they have to show there's a flexibility test and Ooh. I've never seen this on TV and literally all the flexibility tests is you lay on your back and then you have to take like, it's hard to explain um, if they're not doing it, but you have to lay on your back and you have to take your toes and try to touch behind your head. Right. So you know oh, what I'm God. saying? What? Yeah. So like everybody can do it, dude. I remember cause I didn't know how to do it. Right. So I was like, all right, flexibility tests is do it. I'm like, okay. So, yeah, so you lay on your back, you take your feet, you try to touch your feet behind your head. And believe me when I say, like, I thought I wasn't going to make it. Like, everyone's doing it. So I'm like, well, I have to do this because it's either a pass or a fail. So I'm doing it, man. I'm doing it. I'm like, Ugh. And I'm literally probably the hardest thing I had to do at the combine was that stupid-ass flexibility test. I, how, what, do they, what do they measure? Like, how close yeah, do they bring get out it a, to the ground? No. So, yeah. So, like I said, it's hard to explain. So, imagine, like, you're laying on your back, right? And then you can lift up, like, your lower back, and you have to get your feet to touch the back, like, of your head, right? So, it's almost like you're doing, like, a, like a yoga pose, like a that, crunch. That sounds... And what they're testing for is your, your spine flexibility. Because I guess, like, if you don't if – you, if you're not able to do it, I guess, like, it shows that you're not mobile in your core and your spine's messed up and you're more at risk for injury. Suppose, that's what they told me. I don't know if that's true. Oh, my God. Just that position yeah. sounds like like a bad guy after getting beat up by a good guy in like a yeah, it's, in it's, an animated movie. Like that's like the that sounds painful. It's like yeah. pain was like trying to break my back. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see that on TV. That. I'm gonna. Well, yeah, I they, hope they, to see that next year. Obviously, for good reason because it looks absolutely like what the hell is going on. But yeah, they never showed that. No one's tuning to, in. Like, that offensive guards do this test. You know, like Dude, the I'm, big uglies. <laughs> Everybody in my group, including including defensive tackles that were 300 pounds, they all were able to do it with ease. And I had <laughs> what? I, I, <laughs> Dang, that's single handed. That was your slide, man. That they're like, this guy can't oh, make his yeah. toes touch his head. <laughs> well, Forget the game tape. 
until that, yeah, fifth round he is, yeah. <laughs> like, all you hear is, like, you know, Combine's cool and all, but, you know, game tape is game tape. But then, like, I just imagine, like, so, like, oh, cool, like, most head coaches want to just watch the game tape, Combine, you yeah. know, but then they're making yeah. you do that. That sounds just, like, torture. Like, what was the, it's like there's no point like, to this? Film. It's like, all right, this kid looks pretty good, looks pretty quick. But wait a second, let's see this flexibility film really quick. Nope, trash, all right, fifth round it is. Colin Johnson could probably... Go behind his head? I saw uh, you were projected to go in the third. Uh, how do they... Do they tell you that? Like, Yeah, how does that work? They yeah, give you so, a range? Well, dude, it, it was so insane because from, coming from a small school at Murray State, you know, like, it was kind of hard to get a good idea. And when I hired my agent, you know, he was hearing anywhere from the second round um, to the seventh round. So literally it was like, I had no idea. You know, you, you had guesses and... Um, like teams that I met with kind of kind of clued you in a little bit like hey if you're here we're gonna take you yada 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 but come draft day um I literally had no idea where I was gonna go like I, I was thinking maybe fourth round third round now we went fifth round which is still awesome and it was a blast but I had no idea where I was gonna go what at, at what point like when you're at Murray State did you go yeah I'm good enough to play in, in the league like when did you have that sort of realization like I could actually do this yeah, so to tell you the truth, I had zero aspirations in, in high school or even my freshman and sophomore year to play in the NFL. Like, that's just not something that, you know, you did from our town. And even at our university, like, very few players did that. And it was actually my college uh, defensive line coach, Johnny Jernigan, who's now the defensive line coach at Tulane. Um, he sat me down after my sophomore year. And keep in mind, I was a starter my freshman and sophomore year. So I'm like, I'm, I'm the shit. Like, you can't tell me anything. You know, I, I think I'm the man. And he sits me down and essentially says, you're underachieving. I'm disappointed in you. And if you don't pick it up a little bit, you're not going to reach your full potential. So, like, he told me that. And, like, you know, that's the power of a coach, right, where he can see the potential before you even see it in yourself. So I had that conversation with him. I left that conversation very upset and very hurt. And I actually took – yeah. so, so, so he, he had, like, a card, right? And the card was, like, your evaluation. And he graded me horrible. Like, it, they're all, like – uh, out of five, it was all like two, three, one. So I took that card. I laminated that card. I put it in my locker, and I said, next time we have this conversation next year after the season, it's not going to go like this. And, like, that was really the spark that drove me to work harder, um, to take football more seriously, and essentially say, you know what? If I work hard and, and I give it my best effort, I might have a chance at the league. And it, it all came from that conversation. Hell yeah. I love that. That's, that's like, awesome. That's like draft day shit. I love that. <laughs> they send you the hundred dollar bill and you send it back and you're like, I got my, my thing to prove. It's a, it's a horrible movie, but I, it's a good I was going to say, you watched that movie? Oh, I love, I watched that movie like every, you know, draft year. Like, like it's a good movie, but it's so a guilty pleasure. That, and I forgot what year it came out, but I, I was going to a away game and I actually watched it on the plane. I'll never forget like how dirty they did the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. yeah. And he's panicking. He doesn't know what to do. I'm like, come on. Can we get one break one time? God. He's man, rookie GM, man. It's hard to be a rookie GM when you're on the clock. I guess so. And meanwhile, the Cleveland Browns are just succeeding in everything that they do with it. Kevin Kochner's. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's propaganda. Wait. Chris yeah. Carson, that's the Seattle running back in real life, right? Yeah. I swear, yes. I swear that was the Jags GM. His, like, you know, the fake name in the movie is Chris Carson. That's so lazy. I don't know. They just went to the NFL roster. Screw it, Chris Carson. He's the GM. <laughs> yeah, I'll find out. We'll double check. We'll find out the real answer on the next. That, the Jags GM is that uh, 
is the guy from the Christopher Nolan Batman movies who tries to blackmail Batman. I'm pretty sure it's the same actor. You remember that nope. guy? Oh, yeah. the guy that talks to, to Morgan Freeman? Yes. He's oh, like, is that him? Lion. And the Joker like, tries to basically offers everyone to kill him. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, Morgan yeah, Freeman's like, you want to blackmail a man that dresses as a bat and beats people yeah. up at night? And he's like, oh. <laughs> That's who they picked to represent the Jags. That oh, little. Yeah. Oh, it is. Man. That's, That's cool. Me. Hey, we got the aerial shot, so I'm cool with the aerial shot in the draft day movie. Yeah, we'll we and Waterboy. They use our our uh, our stadium at the beginning of Waterboy. Factoid. Oh, I didn't really? know that. Yeah. Well, Austin, watch the Waterboy at the beginning when they have like okay. you know the literally when it's the title scene when it says the Waterboy. There's yeah. a stadium in the background. It's yeah. uh the old you know before all the new scoreboards and everything obviously but. Yeah, it's a. It was yeah. probably Altel Stadium at the time. Yeah, I like that. Probably just stock footage about- that the production company owned. Yeah, yeah, we were probably the cheapest team to like sell our footage. Yeah. So it's an Altel. That really worked out well for everybody. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so- for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just so uh, I mean, we touched on it briefly. I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, according to Wikipedia, Austin Lane ran his 40-yard dash. And 4.58 seconds, <laughs> which is actually faster than the starting running back on the Jaguars roster, James Robinson. Yeah. yeah. And 4.63. All right. So, so no, that's, that's complete bullshit. So, let me go ahead and tell this story. Because <laughs> <laughs> I ended up running a, what, was the, what was your time? So, I ended up running a 4.87 oh. at the combine. So, during our junior pro day, um, our coach, like, you know, like we do our 40 times. And it wasn't like – our pro day was obviously BS, right, because it was, I was, it was my junior year and I was just starting to get looks. We didn't have a lot of players that were going to go to the league. So, like, there was nobody really there, but we still had to run our times just to post our times. So, the coach that we had, instead of marking off 40 yards like a normal person would, accidentally marked it off 38 yards. So, we essentially ran a 38-yard dash. We had no idea. So literally, like the entire team is running these times, and like all of a sudden, I, I ran a four-five-seven. Our wide receiver ran a four-two-four. I'm like, dude, we're 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 good. Hell <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we're, we're gonna win first round, baby. Yeah, like Alabama. Who was? So I remember I, I ran that four-five-seven at like 250 pounds. I'm like, do do I even play my senior year? Like, I'm that's first round numbers. And then so like I had that kind of momentum going to my senior year and everything, and I go to the combine. I'm like, all right, well, if it's a four or six, we're all good. Four, four, eight, nine, first time, four, eight, seven, second time. I'm like, oh, all right. And then I come to find out later that he actually marked off 38 yards on our tracks. Well, we won't tell anybody, Austin. Right on. I've been playing the uh, Tony Hawk remaster, and I'm like, man, nostalgia trip, real big finish, and suicide machines and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. They just made a new, like, first album in, like, 10 years. Suicide Machines made a new record. It's insane, man. It's amazing. Like, like the Deftones got new. Like, it's crazy how these bands just have like such longevity. It's insane. Yeah, I was looking out. I just like sometimes, you know, bands I don't haven't listened to in a long time. I like look them up on Spotify, and just because like like I don't listen to them as much, I feel like that means they just stop existing, which obviously isn't true. Like, I looked up the Casualties. Like, the Casualties have made an album like every single year for like twenty years. Yeah, they all sound you know the exact same. But I'm like, damn. They have a different singer now. Do they? Oh no! Yeah, Jorge got Jorge got uh, canceled. We'll say no, that. Uh, oh, oh, what happened to what? What happened yeah, to Jorge? What did he do? He got me too'd. 
Yeah, oh, I did. shit, what? Yeah. I didn't know that. Probably on, for dude. good reason. Honestly. How are you going to be living the equality punk lifestyle and then, all right, I'm going to look that up later. Dude, they talk about drinking 40s and sniffing glue. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but... <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Leftover crack and like one breath is like, you know, anti you know being a shitty person and then the other side they're like we're gonna squat in your house until it's ours exactly it's a good good mixture so damn i haven't listened to leftover cracking forever anyways uh see if we want to edit some of that in there what a a, a segue this is good yeah sorry (laughs) i'm all for it were you ever were you in town before it closed uh the imperial imperial it was the main downtown bar is on forsyth I think it's okay. like a chicken restaurant now. I don't know what it is, but anyways, that it's was like, like a, yeah, yeah, that was like the downtown, you know, like punk show place. It had like the big okay. parking lot for all the parking lot punks. That was like many okay. a show. I saw a streetlight there uh, when we were. I remember like Streetlight Manifesto was going to play in Jacksonville, and nice. we got all of their shit stolen the day I before and canceled. Okay. And then they came back like two months later, and that streetlight show was like that yeah, was, that was my awesome. teenage years right there. I still haven't seen them. I've always been a uh, them and a uh, mustard plug are two bands I've definitely wanted to see before um, they either retire or just call it quits. But uh, I've been to Jackrabbits a lot. I saw that show at the Jackrabbits. Oh Rabbits. man, yeah. There's punk shows, a couple of hardcore shows there. So I, I put uh, Jackrabbits is cool, man. That's that's my type of place. So shout out to yeah, Jack they're Rabbit. still they're still yeah. going strong. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. They just keep chugging along, like just somehow. I haven't been there in a while, but yeah, yeah. I'm all for it. All right. Uh, so yeah. Get back and on track. Uh, good? Yeah. Awesome. Shimmer has no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, Shimmer of the group. He's, he's like, <laughs> There's like three Brent Martinos talking about golf right now. <laughs> <laughs> like I have no, I don't know. You said mustard, mustard head or some shit. I have mustard no idea. <laughs> we're leaving this in now just because that was the quote of the day. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, but. We'll send you go play Tony Hawk, and that's like an intro. To... The, it's uh, game two, Celtics Heat right now, so I'm good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Austin, uh, I mean, we don't have the farthest reach with our social media yet, but you know, we're going to give you the plug the best we can. Uh, sure. You just came off of a big win last week. You, uh, yeah. yeah. So you are, you know, current MMA fire. I was looking you up a little bit. So you're seven and three overall. I was like, hell yeah, that's you know my man's got that winning percentage record. That's better than the Jags over the past. Yeah, you know, better than better than yeah. three and seven. Sure. Right. <laughs> uh, so you, what was his name, Gordon? Yeah. So, uh, well, his real name's Tabaris Gordon, but they call him Boom Gordon. So Boom, Boom Gordon. Gordon. All right. Well, you boomed Boom him because yeah. you knocked him out yeah. in the first well, round. And then I was super disappointed. I was expecting him to come out to um, Here Comes the Boom by P.O.D. And unfortunately, he didn't do that. Oh, so once he didn't do that, I, I knew the fight was going to be over. <laughs> it's like, this guy didn't bring his A game. He's not worthy like, yeah, of it. Uh, here comes P.O.D. I can't stand this song. I'm not going to be in the right mind. Oh, what's this? Not P.O.D.? Yep. Oh, all right. Then. No, no, I'm definitely point. knocking you out. <laughs> no ping pong paddle in his hand? He didn't come out with that? Yeah. I remember that music video. Yeah, because I guess that kind of leaves me something I kind of want to ask, like, from the best I can tell, you know, like most, usually it's like a couple round thing for the most part, like, but, you know, fights are far in between. There's a lot more, you know, you got to get your body ready for it and all of that. Like, 
is it harder to train for months and months for like a you know a couple minute one round two round knockout or like yeah three hours playing football in training camp like which one is more grueling yeah it's a that's a great question you know and obviously i always get i mean i've, I've had an old lady once say that i'm a human cockfighter uh when i told her i do mma so like people um you know, like, it's hard for people, excuse me, to understand, like, why I do it in the first place and things like that. And I always say, like, I took more abuse on my body going through a training camp than I ever have in a fight camp, right? Because when we, we go through a fight camp, um, we spar hard maybe once or twice a week, right? And when I say spar hard, we wear the big gloves, uh, you, you wear the gear and everything like that. So you, it's moderately safe. I mean, you take some bumps and bruises here and there. But, like, in football, especially when my rookie year back in 2010 – when it was real two-a-days, um, dude, I mean, you're, it's a, a car accident every single play, right? So here I am doing team run. Uh, I'm doing team drills, and we're going 40 plays a pop. Um, that took a toll on me. And I remember, like, having, like, major-ass headaches and everything, and I'm chasing it now with Advil or ibuprofen. Like that, like, that whole scene there of training camp probably wasn't the best thing for my body, let's just say, um, compared to a fight camp where – it's not so much like you're doing a lot of heavy lifting. It's just you're working on your skill set, right? So you're working on striking. You're working on jujitsu. You're working on grappling and things like that. And while that's taxing, that's tiring, there's chance for injury, it's not even close to football. So I would say um, in terms of how my body feels and how my body has responded, it's MMA all day as, as far as being a healthier alternative. Wow. Like that quick knockout or you secretly like, you know, you've been training like, I want this to go a while. <laughs> like, you know, I'm having fun in here. Yeah, so it's the most surreal thing, right? Because usually a fight camp lasts anywhere from probably eight to ten weeks. So that's eight to ten weeks, two times a day. Uh, Saturdays you go one day, um, Sundays you have off. And that's through the duration of fight camp. And then you get in a cage, and obviously being a heavyweight, you know, if you weigh over 205 pounds, you're essentially trying to do one thing. You're trying to touch a button, right? And that button is anywhere from your ear to your jaw. And that's literally all you're trying to do. Like, you literally spent <laughs> – so long prepping for this fight, you know, covering all aspects. And at the end of the day, I'm just trying to touch a button. And usually <laughs> when you have heavy hands and you go against a guy who's over 205 pounds, that button can be touched very quickly. So I've only had, I've only had two fights go out of the first round. And this is out of my amateur career and my professional career. And that's probably, I think right now I'm on 17 fights total. So out of 17 fights, only two of them have gone past the second round. Um, I would much rather have it, you know, go out a little bit longer, right? I'd rather go to the stool and I'd rather, um, you know, like get a little bloody, you know, and it's like rocky and you're going back and forth. Like that's what you visualize. That's what you want. But at the same time, I'm not trying to get paid by the hour, right? Like this is <laughs> the world of combat sports. So if I can go out there in a minute, knock the dude out and call it a night, so be it. I'll cash that check and let's go on to the next one. I think oh, yeah. I'm a fan of uh, your next fight. You got it. I want a Rocky montage. I need Brent to send like a film crew with you. I want to see some like short shorts running in the ocean first. Yeah, yeah. A montage. Well, be your and, hike, man. <laughs> yeah, let's do that, man. Let's get you guys can like kind of like lead me out like we're like crazy master. I, I don't know. Like I'm visualizing. Yeah. You know, when we play, here comes the boom. <laughs> yeah, let's get it. We'll take the here comes the boom. The other guy didn't want it. We'll make that. <laughs> What's, do you uh, have a song? Uh, what's your song? Uh, what's my song? So I've, in early in my career, I came up with the Deftones hexagram. And 
it's funny. So not this fight, but the previous fight, I fought for LFA, pretty big promotion. Um, and they didn't ask me for my song title. So I'm like, all right, maybe they already know. Maybe my manager told them, whatever. The, I come out to Old Town Road, and this is on oh my God. Fight Pass. Look at this shit. So literally, you, you can watch the UFC Fight Pass. I'm coming out to the cage. I hear Old Town Road. I turn, down to my, I turn around to my teammates. I'm like, I coming out to this shit. And like, <laughs> I, I froze right there. And I'm like, make him change his song. They didn't change the song. I had to walk out, and I lost, unfortunately, that fight. So well, yeah. I played Old Town Road. Uh, yeah, but, definitely. 100%. Yeah, right. So, so my walkout songs, though, they've been Hexagram by the Deftones, and my last, like, four or five pro fights have been Titus Andronicus, No Future Part 4, um, which is, like, a punk band. Out of I love that band. Yeah. Hell, yeah. <laughs> oh, do you like Titus yeah, Andronicus? Yeah, Titus Andronicus nice. rips. Austin, I got a question for you. Can you name? What's up? I don't know the answer, but I bet you do. Can you name every quarterback okay. that you sacked in the NFL? <laughs> yeah. Well, Slash your favorite, uh, like, took out a guy. Or not? Are we talking preseason games or just preseason games? Will count. I'll count that. All right. Uh, Jay Cutler, uh, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, and then the dude out of uh, Seattle. Um, it's either did, before no, Russell, I, I, Matt Hasselbeck. No, was it? No, it was a preseason. It was Jackson. It was. A, he's like a backup guy. I think it was Jackson. Tavares Jackson. Jackson. Oh Tavares yeah. Jackson. Good pull, good pull. Yeah, Tavares Jackson. But I actually, I actually sacked Russell Wilson back in college um, when he played uh, NC State. Oh, nice. What did Andrew Luck say to you when he sacked him? Did he? So, yeah, so I've, I've told this story on the radio before a little bit, but obviously I've had to censor myself. Well, obviously here I don't really have to. So have at it. <laughs> the floor, uh, floor is mine, I guess. Um, yeah, so I think it happened like in the third quarter. And, you know, like I was definitely an aggressive and I don't want to say a violent player because kind of cliche, but I was definitely like a, a pissed off, try to inflict pain on you type of player, kind of like a throwback player, I guess you would say. And I had Andrew Luck dead to rights. Um, didn't see me coming. I hit him from behind. And, like, as we're falling to the ground, I kind of, like, took my helmet and, like, drove into his back a little bit. And, like, here's the thing about Andrew Luck. It's reported that he's never swore before. At least, like, there was, like, a story <laughs> on that about him never swearing. Right? So I hit him as hard as I could. Tried to inflict as much pain as possible. It was a fumble. We get the ball back. We're still getting beat. What it is what it is. What else is new? Um, <laughs> And, like, after that hit and he stood back up and I'm screaming in his face, he took out his hands. like, dude, that was a good – like, literally, the reaction was, dude, that was a good hit. And I'm like, what? Excuse me? So then after the game, we're shaking hands. And he goes up to me. He's like, I just got to say. And keep in mind, this is Andrew Buck. Suppose he never swore before. He's like, you're a big motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? And I'm like, and I, the first thing I did was I looked around to see if there's any kind of camera or like mic stand because I want to make sure that like they got that on TV. Him calling me that, unfortunately, nobody was there. But I have a picture of that, uh, that interaction. And you can kind of see me like chuckle a little bit. And it's because he called me a big mf -er. I'm like, damn, I didn't think you swore. So that was pretty cool. Damn, guys. I mean, this could That's be a awesome. bombshell for our pod. That, that seems like an exclusive – like a, like a hot take right there. The first knowledge of him cursing yeah. a motherfucker. Well, it's like I, I've heard on this story, I'm on the show many times before, but I can't obviously swear and I can't even say MF on the show. So yeah. like, yeah, that doesn't count. This is like the exclusive, not un, like uncut, 100% raw version of it. This is the most <laughs> legitimate I felt as a podcast yet, guys. 
I'm gonna go buy a, I'm gonna buy a better microphone after this. I'm feeling more legit. Time to upgrade. That's the uh, behind the scenes Andrew Luck. It just curses yeah. away. <laughs> well, dude, and then I'll, I'll tell you another quick story too. So Drew Brees. So I sat Drew Brees, and like by all accounts, when I this I think this is back in 2011, and by all accounts, growing up as a kid watching Drew Brees, you had the preconceived notion that Drew Brees was like the nicest dude ever, and he was like the most humble, you know, like goes to church, family man, guy ever. So once again, I sat Drew Brees. I get in his face after, and much to my surprise, the dude stood back up and like headbutted me and said, Get the Whoa. F off. And I'm like, Damn, man, where is this coming from? <laughs> so, supposedly, and like this is, I guess, wasn't really well known at the time, but I talked to some of his old teammates. He's like the most intense dude, like in a huddle of all time. Like, there's the Drew Brees on the sidelines, or like there's a Drew Brees, the family man, but like Drew Brees, the competitor, does not play around. So, that was crazy to me as well. I wonder, like, because, you know, he's one of the quotations, you know, like, short yeah. quarterbacks. I wonder if yeah. it's, like, kind of that small dog mentality. He's got to, like – a little yeah. bit. Yeah. He's still, you know, easily first ballot Hall of Famer. He has nothing to prove. But, like, you know, yeah. that internal, he always, like, growing up, a little bit shorter quarterback. He has to, like, overexert himself, show yeah, who's in charge. He's mad because he didn't do good on one play. That could have been it, too. I think he's just that much of a competitor where it's, like, it didn't go his way. And now I have to go headbutt a guy who's like 10 inches taller than me just to prove a point. But hey, props to him, man. He did it. I think <laughs> he was just strong. scared. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All-time leading passer in NFL history, isn't it? Yes. Guys, yeah. can, I, can I start a new, a new segment? passer in NFL history. That's pretty dope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a new segment I got to start on the show just real quick. Conspiracy theories. Mm. This man All broke right. the uh, – I don't remember if it was the, the record for yards or touchdowns. But it just happened to be on like a Sunday night game with you know the Saints at home. I just, I feel like it happened to no I think it happened the yards and the touchdowns were both like Monday night football Sunday night football at home in you know yeah. Louisiana. That just seems too perfectly timed to me. I feel Come like on, but keep in mind it's not like the Jacksonville Jaguars where we get one pre well, we get one like you know prime time game against the Tennessee Titans every single year. Like this is the New Orleans Saints. They're high powered. It's Drew yeah, Green. I guess. They have a better probability of it happening to them. Yeah. When half your schedule is prime time, yeah. it's bound. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that. They're looking <laughs> at it before the season and say, like, all right, if he throws X amount of yards every week, then by this week he'll probably hit that record. Good call. Nice. I mean, there's nice. guys in Vegas that predict the scores of every single fucking game ever. Like, <laughs> people all get right. paid to do this. So we got Thursday Night Football on. Austin, we don't want to take you too much of your time. I got to go find an illegal stream. To go watch this game. Uh, but before we wrap it up, we want to play, we do a little trivia game each episode. Uh, our man Shimmer here goes deep diving for this information. So uh, you ready to play with us? All right, let's get it. All right. And by game, it's, you know, the winners and losers scoring. It's, you know, it's just kind of, it's hey, bullshit. You know as long as we have fun, that's all I give a shit about. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, anyone can play the game. Uh, the name of the game is called. Jaguars draft pick or reality TV star. And the <laughs> rules are as follows. I give you a name. You have to tell me whether you believe that person is a Jaguars draft pick or a reality TV star. Oh, God. Reality TV star, you guess what show they are on. If you think it's a Jaguars draft pick, tell me either the college or position. 
And if you get both correct, two points. If you just get which one they are, it's one point. And as always, the winner with the most points at the end of the game wins another beer. So are you ready to play? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to preface this right now. I don't watch reality television. (laughs) I don't believe in it. All right. I don't support it. So this could be ugly for me. Neither do we. Okay. J.P. Shadrick said the same thing, and I question that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, the I'm man aced like it. professional wrestling has reality television, then I'm about to dominate this shit. If it's not Ooh. professional, then yeah, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm pretty sure 90% of Real Housewives of Atlanta's ratings comes from the Shadrick household, because that man was on yes. fire. He nailed it. He nailed one question. Perfect. All, All right. right. Shimmer, what you got for us? For the first name? I'm ready. Jaguars draft pick or reality TV star? Chris Thompson. Chris. Oh, oh, damn, because we currently have a Chris Thompson, but obviously not a draft pick. Do, um, we, all, do we all say this or what? Yeah, uh, we're all going to make a guess. Oh, okay. I mean, if we were smart, we'd like write it down, but, you know, we're yeah. on board. Yeah, so we can't cancel each other out, <laughs> we'll but we haven't gotten there we'll let, the, we'll let Sean go first. All right. Uh, Chris Thompson. Well, we have one currently on the team, so it feels like that, you know, isn't – what are the chances we had two Chris Thompsons in our history? So I'm going to yeah. say reality TV star. Uh, I'm going to say uh, my wife was watching some Netflix reality show where people met in like, they couldn't see each other, but they had to meet just by talking. So I'm going to guess it was that show. Okay. And they fell in love, but that divorced halfway through filming. Okay. Patrick, to you. I think you're pulling a fast one on us because we have a Chris Thompson on our team as well. Oh, so I'm gonna say card. I'm gonna say reality TV star, and uh, let's say he's on uh, the Amazing Race. Okay, Austin. It's it's drafted, right? You said drafted. Yeah. Man, I'm gonna go with like a late round pick back in the day, like a special teams guy, maybe. And I know there's Chris Thompson right now. But it's a pretty common name. I was once fired from an announcing job for a high school baseball game by the name, a guy by the name of Chris Thompson. Uh, forget him. So with that being said, I'm going <laughs> Jan Wars. I don't know where he'd be from, though. Let's go. Chris Thompson is from um, Cal. You can also, you can also uh, pick the position, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's go Chris Thompson, safety. And Chris Thompson is a defensive back. Drafted in the fifth round of the 2004 draft out of Nichols State. Nichols State. <laughs> Nichols State. What, what state is that? Uh, I didn't look it up. But oh, okay. He uh, was on the roster for the Bears in 2005 for 12 games. He recorded 10 tackles and recovered one fumble. That put right. Austin in the lead Damn. with Damn. three points. Yeah. He called the secondary. All right. Zero. Okay. All right. You guys ready for the round? I'm not embarrassed. Yeah. Number two, Jaguars draft pick, a reality TV star, Sean Boobin. Sean (laughs) Boobin. I looked up like I was like, what? (laughs) We have to stop having guests on if they're going to just beat us every time. I'll go. I'll say... I'll say that was the Jaguars draft pick. It sounds vaguely, vaguely familiar out there somewhere. Uh, I want to say Jaguars draft pick. Uh, he's going to be a, a right guard. I would definitely say Sean definitely sounds like an offensive lineman. Just a big, you know, I'm not a big, big dude. 
Uh, Sean Bab Babin, is he related to Jason Babin? Can I phone a friend on that? <laughs> so what's your pick, Sean? Uh, I, no, I'm Sh Sean Babin. Boobin. 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 <laughs> he, he was the winner of the first season of The Weakest Link. <laughs> wow. That's a I'm deep going guy. Sean Boobin, guard <laughs> out of Iowa. Okay. Sean Boobin was the other fifth round pick of the 2004 draft. Oh, let's go. However, he was an offensive tackle. Oh, oh my God. God. One spot off. Not a guard. Uh, I forgot to write down what college he was in, but he also never recorded any stats or played in any games. So, Sean oh, what stats can he record? You better look that up real quick. If it's Iowa, I need a point. Right, For real. Yeah. Give me a minute. Yeah. I went, I went Shimmer, too I'll specific. Google it while you start the next one. Okay. John Boobin. <laughs> I don't know how to spell okay. that. How do you spell Boobin? B-U-B-I-N. I spelled it how I spelled it. Google knows me. <laughs> All right. We need a fact check on that. I thought I wrote it down. Okay. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Round three. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, we don't know the points total until we get to the college, though, right? Uh <laughs> Sean has still has zero. I, so. I don't know, man. I'm on a really – y'all can't see. I'm on a All really right. weird screen. Patrick, right. you... He's probably not from Iowa. Let's just say that. I like my chances <laughs> in another school besides Iowa. <laughs> All right. Yeah, hey, you got like go... a one in 300 chance. Yeah. We're going to oh, go yeah. – yeah. uh, I'll tweet you if you're right. Three points for Austin, one point for Patrick, and zero points for Sean. Round three, Jaguars draft pick, a reality TV star, Caleb Johnson. Caleb Johnson. Who wants it? We're going to start with Austin take, this round. Yeah, I'll take this. Reality TV show, American Idol. Is that a reality TV show? Yeah. yeah. That's real. On TV. Uh, I, feel like a I feel like he's a singer. I feel like I've heard Caleb Johnson before. I don't know. I like Caleb. I feel like yeah. I'm playing. I'm playing the odds here. I feel like, it ha you know, two football plays in a row, I feel like it needs to be. But is that what Shimmer wants me to think? All right, we're going Caleb Johnson. Seventh round pick. That man's from, that man's from Florida. That man, <laughs> that man played under, under Urban, like 2005-ish or 2007 or something. Uh, Caleb, he was a running back. That already sounds, that already sounds horrible. I feel like I remember most of our running backs, even the late round ones. But that's what I got. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Caleb Caleb Johnson was on a reality TV show, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna say he was on like a, a dating show. Uh, let's say uh, The Bachelor. And Caleb Johnson takes. Austin into an uncatchable lead because he was the winner of season 13 <laughs> of American Idol. This is what absolutely ridiculous. Oh, oh my God. Two points. That puts Austin at five points, Patrick at two points, and holding down last, Sean with zero points. <laughs> it's Love it. impossible. Uh, I don't know. I just sort of Google uh, uh, American Idol winners and just pick names that sound bland. God, that was. I got you.
I don't. I didn't watch that season. Um, but yeah, well, I didn't uh, watch any seasons. All right. I watched it when it first came. Never, out. I don't want I've any more. All right, we got two more. Patrick still technically could catch up. Um, All right. Okay. Round four, Jaguars draft pick, reality TV star, Alex McCord. Alex McCord. Hmm. Jags center, 97. John going Jags center, 1997. You can do college too. Oh, what? Uh, no. He skipped college. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> he, went, he, he went military two years, came <laughs> back. Online. <laughs> I'm going to lose. It doesn't matter. I'm going to play Caleb Johnson. <laughs> I got some waiting music for y'all. All right. Uh, we will go whoever wants it next. <laughs> go ahead. What's his name again? I'm sorry. I forgot his name already. Alex. McCord. Uh, I'm going reality show and or sounds like a ritzy dude. So, ah, uh, man. Uh, I don't know, man. What's a uh, The Bachelor, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Bachelor. Bachelor. I, that. I got some Caleb Johnson going on in the background. I don't know. I was Very distracted. All right, Patrick. I'm going to say Alex McCord. Uh, he was like a sixth-round tight end from Syracuse. Ooh. Alex McCord is a real housewife of New York reality it's a woman. TV star. He sounded ritzy. Austin Lane, yet to get one wrong. Has six points and I believe has taken the lead. And I don't think anyone can catch him. Oh. We need round five. Austin is your game leader. over. Congratulations. I appreciate you guys, it, guys. Be time and I, I don't want to play this game anymore. Well done. They, well no done. more guests, no more trivia games. I lose yeah. horribly every time. Each guest we've had on has smoked us. Yeah. yeah you got- you guys are not great at this. That's why they're, you know, they're on, uh, they're on TV, they're on the radio. That's why they're yeah, they're in the, they're in the biz. The there was those fast instincts, you know. I've got yeah. a guess at Jag yep. if you want, if you want to try that one out. Let's do that. Jag games are. Sure. I got games on games. You guys ready? Okay. Guess that Jag is pretty simple. I give you a couple of hints. You got to guess the former Jaguar player. Austin, you're going to have to call Brent. You're right. Tell him you're going to be a little, little late. You're going to be sleepy tomorrow. One might be tough. All good. All right. All right. Can, I, can I take a guess? Is it Austin Lane? It is not. <laughs> Damn. Oh, all right. I didn't think that would be fair. Um, okay. All right. You guys ready? First hint on Guess That Jag, he played his college career at Florida A&M. Uh, the Rattlers. <laughs> Oh, okay. The Rattler. Oh, yeah, that's a... Oh, oh, oh that case. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Second clue. Won the NFL's Europe, NFL Europe's World Bowl in 2003. Oh, I have a guess. I, I remember he played not NFL before NFL, like uh, John Chick. 
Incorrect. He did some kind of maybe it was like the was, CFL. Oh yeah, I yeah. uh, played with this guy's old, huh? Damn. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't uh, know. I like the yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> he is currently forty-one years old and the head football coach at Lincoln High School in Tallahassee, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> these, what are these clues? And the first clues. Okay, one more. He played for the Jaguars. The majority of his time was spent as a backup. All right, so he's a quarter. Who was the backup? Oh, backup is it Quinn Gray? Quinn Gray. Yes, Quinn Jack. <laughs> that man came in and went like two and zero for David Garrard. Yeah, he did. He played. He started. There's a dub. <laughs> I think he writes sports columns for the folio now also. Oh, really? Hmm. I just grabbed the folio, so I'll look at the folio. Awesome. Yeah. Nice yeah. Thanks, folio. <laughs> <laughs> this now we know where we get all the answers. Folio 2.0. Well, the, uh, just so you're – I don't know if you guys are recording it because it's the Browns game, but the Browns are giving it to the Bengals right now. 13. I know. I got I got Nick Chubb 14. in one of my leagues, and he yeah. scored. So well, that bodes well for when we play the play the Bengals in two weeks. Fourteen ten. Yeah. So having said that, guys, uh, I got some illegal streams to go find. I mean, I got to find this game. Watch Ronnie Harrison get blown up all game. Uh, guys, let's give it up for Austin. Austin, thanks so much for coming thanks on, man. So much, man. It's been a great time. I appreciate Please. you guys, man time and a half um i'll see you guys down the road and stay casual all right all right we all appreciate right. you man have a good one take care Later, austin all right damn austin lane hell of a guy guys i think we should bring him back on bringing Definitely. it yeah yeah if he wants to <laughs> obviously like i'm sure he has better things to um all right guys so before we no not at all yeah i know before we finish up this episode we're gonna try to make it a little like weekly thing we're gonna each give our little like one minute Blitz our opinions on next week's game, uh, week two against the Titans. We're each going to take a minute each, give a little score prediction. What's your like, you know, your biggest prediction for the game? Shimmer, what do you got for us? One minute, you're on the clock. Uh, well, I think we may have covered it earlier. The Jags did still give up nearly 450 yards on defense and only had 240 yards on offense, but part of that was the uh, uh, sort of how the game came together. I think um, I may have said the Colts are better, but I honestly think the Titans are a better team than the Colts. But the Broncos are a very similar team to the Jaguars, and they came very close to winning that game. Uh, it's good luck when I predict that the Jaguars will lose. <laughs> so I am going with the Jaguars 23, the Titans 27 Titans win. All right. I'm writing it in, sending it to the bookies. We got you locked in there, Shimmer. Mm. All right. Patrick, you feeling ready? You loose? Uh, I guess so. Let's see. All right, Patrick, I... one minute. Blitz. You're on the clock. All right. So until the Jaguars can really stop the run, uh, especially against Derrick Henry, who, who is just destroying us. Um, I don't know. The Titans are always a tough team, always a tough team, especially when we're playing in Tennessee. Um, I really don't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect going into week one. I was pleasantly surprised 
Um, I'm still optimistic about our chances more so than I was going into week one, but I, I really don't think uh, we're built to beat the Titans right now in Tennessee with the team that they have. Um, that being said, um, as far as points go, I'm not going to say that their kicker is going to miss as many kicks as he did last game, but I still think it's not going to be a super high scoring game. I'm going to say 24 to 19 Titans win. Ooh, Titans. What the? All right. We got you locked in there, Patrick. Yeah, I guess we should definitely use these predictions than the ones from the second episode because the entire team has changed since then. Yeah, so, it's not even yeah. the same team. Yeah, I won't look up those predictions anymore. We're going to make these the official ones. All right, guys. Y'all ready to hear what I got, got to preach to you here? Let's hear it. I bet it's a Jaguars win. Guys. Yeah, I'm just going to say it's a Jags win. Guys, by you don't even know. Team points. 40. Right now, win by 40. their best cornerback is out. Dory Jackson, he's out. Uh, A.J. Brown, their best wide receiver, he looks like he's going to be out. He's got a bone bruise. He does, he's, he's too afraid to face C.J. Henderson, so he's mm-hmm. out of the game. We're going, to ten, we're going up to Nashville, but they have no fans in the stands. It's going to be a nice, quiet crowd for Minshew to dissect the team. I mean, you know, Jay Gruden already went on record saying they have a whole new game plan than last week. I'm pretty sure John Filippo literally used the one script from week one to week 17. It was the same plays. The man's already coming up with new plays. I, I mean, this is, I feel like, you know, we hold King Henry, like Henry put him out of the game. Josh Allen's going to take care of that. Schobert, this is going to be an easy Jags victory. I'm going 31 to 17 Jags. What did I say? I said 14 points. Was that 14? I'm not good at the math. It's going to be an easy Jags victory. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. we'll see. Let's hope. Uh, if, if, I mean, if we win, we're literally on top of the AFC South right now. So oh, yeah. I don't think we've started 2-0 in a very, very long time. So let's do it. For the game, Vegas thing, uh, initially started at minus 11, meaning the Titans would win by 11 points. It's now down to minus 7.5, which means there's money on Jacksonville. Uh, but – Still projected that we lose by more than a touchdown. And Vegas, probably smarter than the three of us. Just saying. <laughs> nah, what they I say don't last think so. I don't How think smart so. are yeah. they now? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to let them make their predictions. We have our predictions. Guys, it's been a pleasure talking with you once again. See you a week for now as we're getting ready for uh, Thursday night. Oh, yeah, we're going to have to record this earlier because we have Thursday night football. So uh, I'll have my people get in touch with your people. Yeah, we'll make All it work because right, yeah. it's going to be a teal out. Teal on teal, it looks like. I'm, I'm, it looks like what, you know, Twitter is saying. So, gentlemen, I'll see you when we're 2-0. Have a good night, everybody. Let's go.